Yirmiyahu, chapter 43, after the death of Gedaliah. In the previous chapter, the people asked Yirmiyahu to pray for them and to find out what they should do. They're concerned about staying in the land because Gedaliah had been appointed by Babylonians, was assassinated, and now the fear is that the Babylonians will take revenge upon the remaining leaders of Israel. So they're not sure what to do. They ask Yirmiyot to pray for them. And they say to him that whatever God tells you is what we're going to do. Yirmiyot does pray for them. God does respond. God says, as we saw in the previous chapter, stay in the land. The Babylonians will not persecute you. You'll be safe in the land. You'll be able to rebuild in the land. And we know that Jews have come from other nations as well to join. That's one of the reasons that the king of Ammon, I suggested, is out to disrupt and destroy. He doesn't want to have a rebuilt nation which has positive ties to Bava in his vicinity. So after Yermio gets the response, now we come to chapter 43. Chapter 43 says, So after Yermio comes back to the people and tells them what is described in the previous chapter, and I very briefly described it, summarize it. Stay here, don't leave, don't worry. Don't go to the land of Egypt. If you go to the land of Egypt, the sword that you're afraid of, if you stay in Yehuda, will follow you to the land of Egypt. Don't believe that you're safe in the land of Egypt. So that's what Yirmiyot tells the people. And now the response is found in chapter 43, verse number 2. So now these people, Yochanan and others, who are described in verse number 2 of chapter 43 as Anoshim Zaydim, wicked people. Zaydim are bad people, and it's interesting that the word Zaydim in the Bible is often connected to Mitzrayim. Kibadavar Sher Zadu Alehem, said Yitro to Moshe in chapter 18, when he hears about all that's transpired, they conspired against you. So the word Zadon, Mezid, acting in a premeditated way, has a general meaning, but sometimes it's actually specifically connected to Mitzrayim. These are called to you Anoshim Zedim. They were not described that way earlier. And they say to you, Sheker Midaber. They claim that what he's telling them is not true. You're a false prophet. God never told you this. It's a very strong accusation and a surprising accusation. And why are you lying to us? So they continue with the next verse to say, The claim is that Baruch, and we'll get to Baruch in chapter 45, Baruch ben Neri, of course, is the faithful scribe, disciple of Yirmiyahu. The claim is that Baruch ben Neri incited you against us. Roman so the claim here, which is unsubstantiated as far as the book of Yirmiyo is concerned, but the claim is that Baruch has an interest in keeping us in the land so that the Babylonians will exile us to Babel. Baruch ben Neria is in a conspiracy together with the Babylonians. That's the claim. 
And the striking claim is that Yirmiyahu, you speak Shekin, you speak falsely. And now the chapter continues and tells us what we already know. They refuse to obey God's word. They refuse to listen to the true prophet, to stay where they are. And instead, in verse number five, rather they take all the remaining remaining people, all the Jews that were in Judah, and all the Jews who came from the other lands to be with the Jews in Judah. They take all of those people. And in verse number six, at Hagvarim Hanoshim, they take the people, and it's interesting, in verse number 6, it says they took the men, they took the women, they took the daughters of the king. There's an interesting focus on the women over here, and we'll see why perhaps in the next chapter. All those that the Babylonians have permitted to stay in the land, together with Gedaliah, the eight Yermiyoh Hanavi Yiviet Baruch Ben and they also took Yermiyoh and Baruch. All these people are taken by the army people, the officers. And they went down to the land of Egypt. Going down to the land of Egypt is particularly striking because we know that the largest narrative of the Torah is all about leaving Egypt. It's about leaving Egypt where you are slaves. You are beholden to other people. You're part of their culture. Don't have your own identity. And the story of the Torah is the journey from slavery to freedom, from living on someone else's agenda to living on your own agenda. It's interesting that when it talks about the king in the book of Devarim in chapter 17, it tells us what the king is not permitted to do. Excess is forbidden. Not too many wives and horses and money. And in addition, he's not permitted to have too many horses and take the people back to Egypt. Because going back to Egypt is undoing history. It's undoing the appropriate trajectory, which is to be a free person, to make good choices, to be able to serve God fully. That's the story of the Torah. Now, going back to Egypt is an unwinding of the history. It's going back to the very place that God took us out of. Siat Mitzrayim, the central historical event of the Torah. Now we're going back, we're undoing. And it fits in very well with what Yermiah has been saying throughout the whole book. God says, I have sent you prophets all the time, morning and evening. Hashkem v'shaloach. A whole set of prophets. And Yermiah sees himself as one of many prophets. There's nothing new here. The message is not new. It's taking place over time. And the dissolution of the nation is a function of what's taking place over history. So we find ourselves, that is to say, the people find themselves in the land of Egypt, and they come to Tach Panches, the city in the land of Egypt. And God speaks to Yirmiyahu in Tach Panches and says, Take for yourself large stones, embed them in water, in the brick structure, in the address to Pharaoh's house, palace in Tachpanches, before the Jews, in their sight, and say to them, Thus speaks the God of Israel, 
הנני שולח ולקח מבוכנץ המלך בובל עבדי ושמתי כיסו ממעו אבונים האלה אשר טמנתי. I will bring Nebuchadnezzar, God calls Nebuchadnezzar my servant, and I will bring him his throne, he will sit above the stones that I have embedded. So Nebuchadnezzar is coming here. That's represented by the stones, the large stones that Yermio is to embed in mortar in the brick structure at the entrance to Pharaoh's palace in Tach Panches. What I think here is reminded of what the Torah said, what happens when you come into the land. And that's found in the book of Dvarim. Once again, we go back to Dvarim. In chapter 27 of Dvarim, and Moshe commands the elders of Israel and all the people, Obey the commandment that I command you today. When you cross the Jordan, when you cross the Jordan, set up large stones, cause them with plaster. And inscribe upon them all the words of this teaching, the Torah. When you cross over to enter the land that God has given you, as God has promised your ancestors, you are to set up the stones, you are to write upon this the Torah. And then stones are mentioned again in verse number 6. You shall take large stones and build the altar of God. It's not fully clear whether these are two separate sets of stones or one. But in any event, the focus on the stones is clear. And in verse 8, You are to write the Torah upon the stones when you enter into the land. Because you're entering into the land, it's God's land. And you are to live in accordance with God's rules. That's represented by the stones. Now the people are left, deserted the land, come to the land of Mitzrayim, exactly the place they shouldn't go to. Here Yermio is told to take stones. And here the stones represent the fact that they made a terrible choice in coming. They seek security, but there will be no security. There will be the same insecurity they've had in the past in the land of Yehuda because of their failure to understand, to obey and understand what the demands are. So the stones here, of course, are a shocking reminder of that moment when we first entered into the land. And now, of course, the full abandonment of the land, which takes place in our chapter, in chapter 43.